beginning of our Rooted campaign. We've been waiting for this since April. Uh, and I don't know about you, but it seems like a lot has happened since April. Uh, and this is not really the way that I imagined that we would do this. Uh, when we were planning this a few months ago, I had in mind, okay, it's going to look like this, and this is going to be like this. And But almost nothing has looked like what we wanted it to look like seven months ago, right? But we're here. And, uh, and I'm thankful that we're here. I, I have to tell you, I don't, I don't know why I'm so emotional this morning, but I was sitting here uh, while standing here singing and, and the tears running down my face because I've missed this. I've missed being together. I know that we've been together and I'm so thankful for the fairground and I am thankful for this farm and the youngs and their generosity to us, but there's something about being together being in the same place, being in this room together that encourages my heart, and, and I need it. And we're here together, and we're, we're walking through this, and, and I'm thankful for everything that we have and thankful for what we've been able to do together over the last seven months, but don't you just feel like, what is God doing? What do you want from us, God? I mean, how many people have said that? at least a hundred times in the last seven months. What are you doing, God? What do you want from us? What are you saying? What are you asking us to do? And I want to suggest to you this morning that it's, it's not that we're unwilling to be obedient. We just don't know. We just don't know what, what's the message that you are giving to us, Lord. And certainly our whole Spiritual lives can feel that way sometimes in our relationship with God. We can be at a crossroads and we can be unsure if I only knew what God wanted. And for us as a church, what is it that you want, God? Well, we need a building. We need a permanent home. Uh, I was thinking about this this week, and, and certainly we've been talking about this a lot, Tim and I have, and our elders and, and the whole uh, rooted campaign team. We've been talking about it, and I was thinking this week, I'm I'm three months into my 17th year here. That hardly seems possible. And, and Tim is, in, is into his 18th year here. And some of you have been here 19 or 20 years when you count the small groups and the meetings in the basements and everything that it was, was getting started. And, and I can remember six months into this people saying, when are you guys going to get a building? That was 17 years ago. <laughs> And we still don't have one. And now with everything going on with COVID and, and all this stuff, I, you know, we were at Oxford Hills Comprehensive High School for almost 15 years. Everybody says, well, man, remember the, remember the uh, fire hall? And remember those weeks that we went to flagship and met in the dark theater and we had like flashlights? We're like, I know Tim is up there somewhere. And we went to the junior high. That was 15 years ago. We've been at the high school for 15 years. And now, in the past seven months, this is the fourth church setup that we've had. We were comfortable. Now, I know we still had to haul all our gear in, and we had to set it up every Sunday. And, and, but even that was comfortable in a weird kind of pain in the rear end way. Because we knew what we had to do, okay, some guys get there at 7, band gets there at 8, they get set up, everybody else rolls in at 
10.02, and then we do it. But we were comfortable, and, and now we've had eight weeks of video and five weeks of drive-in and 15 weeks of camp chair, and now we're doing greenhouse church for who knows how long. And what are you trying to say, God? What do, what do you want for us? I, I, think that, I think that God is shaking us up. Not just in the fact that we need a building, but in our lives. I value comfort. I want to know what happens next. Just ask my wife. I drive her absolutely crazy, I'll say. Even on our day off, I'm like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? When do you want to leave? And she's like, doesn't matter. Let's just get up when we feel like it. Let's go where we feel like, when we feel like it. But I got to know. I got to know. When are we leaving? What's happening? What's next? What's the schedule? And this is driving me crazy. All of this stuff. What's God doing? He's shaking us up because we're comfortable. What does he want from us? I think God wants us to get rooted. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're talking about this. It's our theme for the next five weeks. He's reminded us not to get comfortable. And now he's going to tell us. And we're going to look into his word. And we're going to talk about what it means to get rooted. And we're going to talk about how it is that we do that. But I need you to know something before we start. This series is not, this next five weeks, the series is not about buildings. And the series is not about money. The series is about us. It's about us, what God wants us to do in this world. And to find the answer to our question, what does God want, we're going back to 1 Timothy. Catherine read you those verses just a moment ago from 1 Timothy chapter 6. In verses 11 and 12, Paul's challenge to a young man who is a, a pastor of a church in a pagan culture. And God tells Timothy what he wants through the Apostle Paul, and he tells Timothy's church, and down through the ages, now he is telling us what he wants. First Timothy 6.11, As for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul is calling Timothy and his church to a life of distinction. He's just spent all this time talking about false teachers and false doctrine and, and greed and, and lack of contentment with what you have. And then Paul says, but you, O man of God, for you, for us, for you and I, I want something different from you. And let's see three commands in just the next few minutes. Three commands that Paul gives Timothy. Three things that God wants from us at Moss Brook. Here's number one. Pursue righteousness. Pursue righteousness, Paul says. The word pursue, we have looked at it before. It means to chase like a hunter with its prey. Now, some of you know that every fall, a bunch of us guys pile into trucks and we leave our wives and our culture and our manners and everything else and our good eating habits behind and we go north and we bird hunt and we were thinking about this one of the year last year a few years ago when we were up there we were thinking you know 
Partridge meat is the most expensive meat on the planet. We're driving $25,000 trucks with $500 shotguns and $50 worth of ammo and spending, maybe I shouldn't say, maybe our, the wives don't know what we're spending. Let, we really put everything we got into getting those birds and we're driving around, we're getting up before the sun and we're driving down woods roads all day long and we're bumping and thrashing. We all have to go to the chiropractor afterwards because our necks and backs are all messed up and we're tramping through the woods and we're getting soaked and we're doing it in the rain and we're doing it in the cold just to get that tiny little bird. But that's the word that Paul uses, pursue righteousness, like a hunter going after its prey. Nothing is too great a cost. The word righteousness literally means justice. And the implication here is everything that is deemed right by God. Pursue the things that are approved by God. To pursue righteousness as God commands us, the implication here is that there's an investment to make. There's an investment of time and passion and energy to be the person God wants you to be. And then he expands the concept. Pursue righteousness, if we wanted to, we could, we could look at that as kind of the header, the, the headline, the banner. And then under that, he says, pursue godliness. Godliness is the proper inner response to the things of God. It has to do with our motivation, the intents of our hearts. Pursue faith, not, not salvation. He's talking to Christ followers. No, pursue the faith that you need, the trust that you need to live your life every day for God. Pursue love, goodwill, benevolence. It's seeking the best for others. Pursue steadfastness, literally remain under the stress that you're in. When stress comes, we do what? We run. But Paul says pursue steadfastness. Work at investing in your ability to stay and do what needs to be done. And pursue gentleness, that is mildness, reserve, kindness, can I ask you this morning what kind of investment that you're making in these things? The things that are approved by God? You may be sitting here this morning, for those of you that are watching the live stream, you may be at home thinking, I love God. I want to do what's right. But I don't know if I should take that job. I don't know if I should marry that person that I'm dating. I don't know if I should... Buy that new car and stretch those payments out another five years. I, I don't know. Of course, there are a lot of details about our lives and living that we don't know. But you must know this. You must be assured that God wants you to be pursuing righteousness in every area of your life. How much are you investing in the pursuit of these things? Three commands God gives us. Number one, pursue righteousness. Number two, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of the faith. I've shared this word before with you before as well. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but the word fight there, the Greek word is agonizomai. I bet you recognize the first couple of syllables of that. Agony. It means struggle. It means wrestle. 
And I want you to see the intensity in that word. Fight the good fight. I don't know if we have any boxing fans in the crowd today. No? Yeah? MMA, UFC, anybody like ultimate fighting championships? Okay, me and Joe and Mike. Well, let me tell you, you are missing some high-grade entertainment. So much so that after Gavin and I watch a fight, if Melody is around, she'll say, okay, can you guys watch that some other time when I'm not here? Um, They get in the cage, and they just, you know, you're standing in front of a guy that wants to hit you in the face as many times as he can. But if you watch one of those fights, when they come into the ring, and they're going to get ready to slam the cage door shut, literally. I know this sounds really, anyway. They're in there, and the referee says to come to the middle, and he says, now we've gone over the rules. You know what we're doing. We want to keep it clean. We want to have a good, fair fight. And you look at these guys, and they're standing there, and the looks on their faces, you think, I hope somebody doesn't die in this cage. The intensity. And then after he says that, he goes, let's go to war. And, you know, anyway, they fight. (laughs) That's the word. That's the word that Paul uses. Not talking about us getting in a cage to beat somebody up. But that's how he describes the Christian life. Fight the good fight. Of the faith. Look, folks, no one ever said this was going to be easy. Well, actually, a lot of people say that it's going to be easy. But it's not. There's a lot of people out there say, oh, you know, just, just come to Christ. Give your heart to Christ and he'll make all your dreams come true. It's going to be daisies and buttercups and blessings all day long. Listen to me. God surely does bless us. He surely does care for us. He surely does look after us and protect us and guide us. But His gifts of blessing are often not ease or big bank accounts. In His very first message in Matthew chapter 6, what did Jesus say? He said, don't think about money and food and clothes and houses. Don't think about that stuff. Later, he said, be willing to say goodbye to comfort and stability. Be willing to leave family and friends behind if necessary. You know, our sister Holly, who we love, who has spent the last 10 years on the other side of the world, She's going back. She's been here in the U.S. for several months dealing with incredible illness and struggle. And she just got the clearance from the, She's just getting her health back. And you know what she's doing? She's going back. Why? Because she's willing to forsake family and friends if that's necessary. If that's what God's telling her to do, she wants to fight the fight. She could stay here, find an apartment, get a job, and live here. But she knows God wants her there. Matthew 5.10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, 
when others revile you, when others utter all kinds of evil against you falsely, blessed are you. Blessed. Really? Yeah. Not with an easy life, but blessed with God's comfort. Blessed with Christ's strength and His presence. Folks, this is a war. This is a war. I'm like everybody else. I've looked around. I watch the news. I see the headlines. I hear all the garbage that's going on out there. And you know what my reaction is to it? I don't like that. It's not what? It's not fair. But that's the life. That's the fight. It's not fair. You're right, it's not fair. It will never be fair because the powers of darkness will always fight against the powers of life. Thank you. I just told Tara this morning, hey, we don't need our clothespins anymore. (laughs) We've got to fight the good fight. Well, three commands, pursue righteousness, fight the good fight. Here's the third one, take hold of your eternal life. Take hold of the eternal life for which you were called, Paul says. The word take hold means to seize. It's another aggressive word. Pursue is aggressive. Fight is aggressive. And take hold means to seize, to take initiative, to live in light of your eternal life. What does that mean? Well, it means that we have something waiting for us. Something waiting for us beyond all of this, provided to us by the power and the faithfulness of God that's far more valuable than anything on this earth. Why does this stress us out? And when I say this, see my hand going, you know, the whole deal. Why does this stress us out? COVID, stock market uncertainty, governmental uncertainty. Why does this stress us out? Well, it stresses us out because we're afraid we're going to lose something, right? But what Paul tells Timothy is this. Listen, if you're going to fight the good fight, if you're going to pursue righteousness, you're going to have to live in light of the fact that God's power is promising you something that is to come after this life that far outweighs the value of everything everything you have here and everything that you stand to lose. You have to live that way. That's what Paul is saying. Grab it. Live like it. In 1 Peter 4.12, Peter said, don't be surprised when these things happen. It's not strange. It's normal. Seize the life that you have been promised and cling to the knowledge that eternal life in the presence of Christ is your destiny. I just want to ask you a question as we wrap this up in the next couple of minutes, but are you willing to ask yourself this question? Are you willing to say, what does God want from me? What does he want from me? You may be frustrated by the Christian life sometimes because you don't always know all the details of what he's doing. But there's no question about these three things. There's no question 
that you and I have to be doing this. We have to be. Are you pursuing righteousness? Are you involved in the fight? Or are you just coasting along, hoping to get to the other end? And are you living in light of your eternal destiny? Listen, I'm not trying to scare you or threaten you. I just want you to be aware of the fact that if you say no, answer no to any of these questions, no, I'm, I'm not doing those things, you may never know any more of what God wants from you. If you're sitting here and saying, I just don't know what he wants, but I'm not doing these things, you may never know anymore because God leads those who follow. He reveals himself to those who seek him. And he directs those who are obedient. We have a tendency to sit and wait and wonder why God doesn't answer us, why God doesn't give us more information. I want to give you an action step this morning, folks. I want you to take some time this week and think about a few ways that you can pursue righteousness in your life. Tim mentioned these little booklets. Make sure you get one of those before you go and open it up to the things that we've talked about this morning and and take a minute this week and think about What can I do to pursue righteousness at home with the people that I live with, at work, the people I work with, or my friends, or in my entertainment choices? How can I pursue righteousness? Folks, ask God what He wants from you. He wants you to dig deep into His Word. He wants you to search for Him. He wants you to keep going. He wants you to fight the fight. Now I want you to just, over these next few minutes, listen, we're going to teach you a new song this week that has to do with this. And I want this to be our, our theme song here. I want us to be thinking about these things as we go about our week this week. Stand with us as we sing. This morning. Folks, God has some exciting things in store for us as a church over the next few months, few years. I know it, and we want you to be a part of it. So I hope you'll join us as we take this journey. Father, thank you so much for the living Word of God by which your Holy Spirit teaches us. I pray that you will challenge us to pursue righteousness this week, to fight the fight and take hold of what you have promised us. Help us to get rooted and grounded in your word that we might be your people, a light in this community. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for being here.